All right, welcome back to Evolve Me. This is our third installment or episode of the Evolve Me podcast right here out of Evolve Fitness. Today, we're talking about the hip. The things that we want to cover under the hip or talk about in the hip is the number one job of the hip, how it relates to back pain, what the hip actually does, prevention of a labrum tear, what the labrum is, and quality of movement. So those are a couple of the things that we're going to talk about today. And uh, we'll just dive right into the hip. And I think, you know, as we're looking at the hip, we're talking about the hip. I don't think we give it enough credit. I don't think that we look at it um, as we should. And that means that, you know, if we look at the hip, we're looking at it in regards to the number one job of the hip is to create stability or bear load. Right? It's, it's how... It's the number one job. If you look at the center line of anything or the structural support of anything, you'll find that it's a big, heavy beam in construction or that post that is solid to the ground is where the support is. And your body's design to bear load is the hip. And it, it makes a connection. So if you look at where the hip is and what it does, it forms a connection of the lower limbs to the pelvis. And again, it's designed for stability and weight bearing rather than large range of motion. Large range of motion and those movements come from muscles around the hip more than the hip itself. So when looking at the labrum, that's usually a very common thing that's torn. If you don't know what the labrum is, the labrum is, um, it creates a deeper socket for the hip. So it actually acts as kind of a seal or a gasket to create a deeper pocket for the hip to sit into so it creates a little bit more stability and when we get some type of injury or tear in the labrum some labral tears need surgery orthoscopic surgery and some just simply need to strengthen the hamstrings it depends upon the degree of the tear or what you're going to uh what you're going to need but when uh, looking at the labrum, I think a lot of people are confused as to what it is or what it does. And it just acts as a gasket or a seal to create a deeper socket for the hip to be able to stay in place for stability. So anytime you grab a weight and hold it in your hands, or you simply walk, or you put a weight over your head, however you grab that weight, your hip is going to bear that load. So position matters when we start talking about the hip. If, I'm, if my hip is not in the right position, I'm not going to bear load very well. And if it's not, if I'm not bearing load very well in the hip, then I'm going to bear it in the knees, the back, the ankles. So there's a very big need to have your pelvic in the your pelvis in the right position. And when we talk about that, we look at the pelvis. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of anterior and posterior pelvic tilt. We want to look at a neutral pelvis, and a neutral pelvis is where it's level. If I were to put a level on top of my pelvis, it would be level. If I look at um, an anterior pelvic tilt, anterior being front, I think of it as a bucket of water that is tilting forward and spilling water out of the front of the bucket. And then conversely, if I have a posterior pelvic tilt, my pelvis is tilted backwards and I'm dumping water out of the back or out of the back of the of the bucket, which would essentially mean that I'm dumping it from my butt. I'm dumping it. And if I were in an anterior pelvic tilt, I'd be dumping water out from my hips. So those are the two ways that are three ways that we look at the hip is do we have an anterior pelvic tilt? Do we have a posterior pelvic tilt? Or do we have a neutral pelvis? You want to be in a neutral pelvis to be able to bear a load. 
Now, when we sit, which we're in a sedentary lifestyle, when we sit, we get into an anterior pelvic tilt. Now, I don't have the position to bear load. So if I'm going to run or I'm going to walk or I'm going to lift, that means lunging or getting up from the ground. If I'm on the ground and I'm standing up from a lunge position, I'm not in a good position to bear load. If I'm going to the floor from a standing position, I'm not in a good position to bear load. If my knee and my back hurt, there could be other things, but primarily we're going to be looking at the position of the pelvis before we even do that. So before we look at anything else, I have to look at where my pelvis is. If my pelvis is anteriorly tilted and tilting forward, then I really need to focus on what's called the couch stretch. You can find that um, it's you can find that online anywhere. Um, the couch stretch is a pretty simple stretch which allows us to get our pelvis back into a normal or neutral position. If I'm looking at um, the connection between sitting all day and standing, there's a, a lot of people say, hey, you know what, you should stand rather than sit at a standing desk. Well, that depends. It's more about moving or not moving than it is about sitting or standing. If my pelvis is not in the right position and I stand, I'm still causing problems because I'm not in the right position for my body to bear load. And there's a big correlation between sedentary lifestyle and low back pain or discomfort due to your hip flexors becoming short. When you're in an anterior pelvic tilt, you're getting your torso or your trunk pulled towards your thighs. If that's left unstretched or not in its normal length, then it's going to change the, the, the position of the pelvis. And this is where we're going to get all of our knee pain or our back discomfort or something like that coming from an anterior pelvic tilt. There's a lot of confusion around what the hip does. And I'm speaking just from around the gym and from clients that I have worked with over the past. I always find that there's a lot of confusion around the hip that, well, it's the human body. It should just work. And it, it doesn't. I mean, if, if, if you have a wheel on your car that's loose or you have a joint on, let's say, the driver's side front wheel of your car, you're going to feel that rattle all the way through the rest of the car and up through the steering wheel. Same as anything else. If you're trying to lift and squat and run, you're feeling that rattle in the form of discomfort or pain somewhere. That's telling you that there's that there's an issue. So the first place I'm going to look is whether or not my pelvis is in the right position. So if, you know, we all have the best intentions and we all think that if we're squatting, we should just be able to do it and it's the body and it should just be able to work. But this is where position matters and it it can't be said any more clearly than position matters the position of my pelvis will affect the position of my ankles it will also affect the position of my shoulders and my neck so everything's connected thinking of your body as a system of systems if one system fails they all begin to fail so before we go any further i really want to talk about the sedentary lifestyle because the biggest thing that i see and that we see here at evolve is the pelvic positioning and when i look at a sedentary lifestyle I'm looking at a lifestyle over a 24-hour period. So if I say that I'm going to sleep for eight hours and then I'm going to work out for another maybe two hours, then I still got 14 hours in the day. So if I'm working out for two hours and I'm sitting and, and I'm sitting at a desk 
I'm a sedentary individual. I have a sedentary lifestyle. If I go for a walk one hour a day, work out two hours a day, and I'm at a desk for eight hours a day and sleep for eight hours a day, then I am a sedentary individual. I, I'm leading a sedentary life. And I think there's a lot of confusion there because, again, as I've said in another podcast, I think one of the things that we're doing when we're not looking at the pelvic positioning is we're confusing and mixing up a lot of hard work in the gym for for athleticism. And that's a, a key factor of going, you don't have to go slow in an exercise to make sure that you're in the right position. You need to practice mobility or have a mobility practice that allows you to keep your joints in the right possible position. So if I sit for eight hours a day, that's a muscle contraction for eight hours a day. If I come into the gym and I do a couch stretch for one minute per side, that's one minute that's trying to combat eight hours of sitting. So am I going to be able to correct that pattern very quickly? Not really. However, if I'm practicing that motion or those the good positions through exercise, then I'm in a, a better place. Now, the things that affect our pelvic positioning are your feet and your breath. Remember, when we look at the breath, the body's number one job is respiration. Above all anything else, above anything else, the body's job is respiration. It needs to be able to breathe. I need to breathe in and gain oxygen. I need to be able to oxygenate my, oxygenate my cells and my blood. So in doing so, I need to be able to breathe through my nose because my nose is connected to my brain. My stomach, my mouth is connected to my stomach. So if I'm breathing in through my stomach, I'm, I'm probably changing my pelvis and I'm not getting enough air in or enough oxygen in that I need. Now, if I breathe through my nose, and if you try that, take a big nose breath in, you'll feel that I get a lot of stability and structure or pressurization that allows me to stay in position. It fires my core. So as we talked about the foot, we're going to bring the foot into the hip here. As I talked about the foot in the first podcast, we have to look at how the foot affects the pelvis. So if my pelvis is the, is to bear load, my body weight is my first load. So if I'm walking, my pelvis has to be able to bear the load when one foot hits the ground. Because walking is a series of falls through gravity. And if I'm falling forward and landing on one foot, that means my hip has to bear the entire load of my body on one leg before the other leg comes down. So if my hip is not in the right position and I'm not bearing load, then I'm disrupting my hip position just by walking. That is probably something most people don't understand or don't look at because we move so fast. Life happens so fast. We think that the body should just work, but we need to slow down a little bit and we need to start looking at the hip. So if my hip is not in the right position and my first contact with the ground is my foot, my foot controls the position of my pelvis and my pelvis controls the position of my leg. My my foot is connected to my leg. So if I step forward and my leg is completely locked out, I'm going to land on my heel and I'm going to start tightening up my foot. So looking from the ground up, the foot is what has the first contact. The foot is what tells the body what to engage and how to work. That it should create stability on an, uncer- on an, um, an unlevel surface or an unstable surface 
or a slippery surface. So my big toe is telling my brain what's going on and my brain's sending the signal to the hip. If I land on my heel, because my pelvis is out of position, I sit all day, I sit for eight hours, so my pelvis is out of position, and my leg is now straight. When I hit the ground, my heel's going to hit the ground, send that vibration up into my hip. My big toe didn't hit the ground, remember, my heel hit the ground. So now I don't have any conversation between the brain and the hip, or the muscles of the hip. Now I'm just getting vibration that's going up into the hip, and I'm not getting any signals or the conversation or any input necessary for my hip to be in a stable position. Does that make sense? If if my hip is out of position, my foot's not going to work. The more my foot doesn't work, the more it affects my hip, my knee, and my back. Right, so if I think we're creating a worse situation for ourselves by squatting and lunging and sprinting, we obviously have the best intentions, but we don't know that our pelvis isn't in the right position and so we're creating a different position of the pelvis, which is changing my shoulders. And therefore, I'm, now I'm losing a lot of efficiency. If all joints work properly, I become efficient. If one joint in a system of systems comes out, the entire system is going to be just a little bit slower and a little bit slower. And then over time, it just becomes slower and slower by the pounding and um, just the inefficiency of running. So anterior pelvic tilt, posterior pelvic tilt, most of the time an anterior pelvic tilt is felt when you're doing dishes at the sink or when you're trying to do something for your kids. They're, they're not as tall as you are, so you have to bend over. When you bend over, you feel that in the lower back because the pelvis is out of position, so now we're essentially just hanging on the tissues. It creates a lot of tension. Some people experience pain. Some people experience discomfort. But either way, we shouldn't feel either one of those. So walking for long periods of time, um, walking around the city, things like that, that's where the position of our pelvis really comes into play. So I would ask you if when you do your squat, do you have full range of motion? And if, you, if full range of motion is to be able to get from your butt to your heels in a squat. Now, do you have to? Not necessarily. I have not read any piece of research that suggests that you can't have a significant amount of power to jump or to run if you don't go beyond parallel in a squat. However, that being said, then I, I, if I don't have full range of motion, I can't expect to have full 100% capacity of my hip. I'm okay with half capacity if that's all I'm going to use, but I can't suggest that I only have half capacity and then one day I'm going to go ask for 100% capacity where I'm going to jump off of a, a box or something that is, you know, two or three or four feet high and I'm going to drop all the way down from my butt to my heels so that my muscles absorb that shock. I can't do that. If I only have half capacity, I can't expect to use 100% capacity. And that's what's missed from what I see around um, in sports a lot of times is that we're not looking at whether the hip is mobile enough to get all the way down, but yet we still want to be able to use 100% of that capacity and that mobility we have. So test your hip function and see whether or not you can get all the way down. Now, 
if you can get all the way down, there's, I think, 27 squat positions or foot positions that you can go into. Um, but it's squatting with your feet apart, squatting with your feet together, squatting with one foot turned out, squatting with the other foot turned out, squatting with one foot behind you. There's a lot of different squatting positions that we can look at to determine whether or not we have full range of motion. But if we don't, that doesn't mean we don't have quality of life. It just means that we simply can't expect 100% of our range of motion or ability when we don't use it all. So if we're going to the gym and we want to learn how to um, get the hip in check, because that is the absolute center line and plumb line of the body, then one of the things I need to do is I need to spend a little bit more time on the floor where my hips actually work. So proper human function says that if I'm sitting, my hips should be below my knees. If I sit cross-legged in the middle of the floor, my hips are below my knees. If I sit at a chair at work and my hips are above my knees, now I'm going into that anterior pelvic tilt. If I sit on the floor and I sit with my legs crossed or I sit um, in more of a lotus position or something like that, now I have, I'm testing that range of motion, I'm using that range of motion. In order to... In order to be able to use something or, or be able to, to have the use, you need to be able to use the use. So if I never sit on the floor, it, it's going to become a problem for me to sit on the floor if, that's, if I never do that. I need to be able to use the positions that I want to be able to use in a squat. So I need to be able to sit on the floor comfortably if I'm going to try to squat. If I don't use certain positions, the body will take them away from me because it's compensating for other movements that you're doing. So let's look at how we use the gym and how we create that pelvis. So when I'm doing core work, I don't necessarily want to flex at the hip when I'm doing crunches. I can. If my pelvis is in the right position, I can. But if my pelvis is not in the right position, that may be something that I might want to look at doing differently because I'm, I need my back to be flat on the floor. And if I go flat on the floor to do a crunch and I put my pelvis into a neutral position, my low back will be on the floor. If I'm going to come up in a sit-up like I watch most people do, they get their pelvis in the right position, and then right before they're ready to come up, their back arches, their pelvis goes into an anterior tilt, and then they come up into the sit-up. And that's what I'm talking about, about using those positions. I want to be able to do a plank or do a side plank or a bridge or do a half-kneeling position or a tall kneeling position and make sure that I have those positions and make sure they're accessible to me. Now I can, if I can bear load in a half kneeling chop or in a half kneeling press where I'm kneeling tall, kneeling on the floor and I'm pressing a barbell or a dumbbell over my head. If my pelvis is not in the right position, I'm going to feel it in my lower back. If my position, my pelvis is in the right position, I'm going to go up more or less effortlessly. Now, if I take that to the floor and everything's flat, but yet I arch my back the second I'm ready to go up, I'm changing my pelvic position. I'm losing power. Is it wrong? No, it's just not ideal. It's not ideal for when I go sit in a chair for the rest of the day or to sit in a car for the rest of the day. And I think when we look at a sedentary lifestyle, not to get off track here, but let me just go down this road for a second. How much do you sit? You get up in the morning, 
and you go down and sit down and have breakfast. And then most people will go sit down and watch the news. Then you'll go sit down in your car and drive to work and then sit at work. And then you'll go sit down for lunch. And then you'll come home and you'll put your bag down or whatever it is. And you'll sit down, talk to your kids, talk to your wife. Then you'll be up for a little bit. And then you'll go sit down and eat dinner. And then you'll go sit down and watch television or have a chat with your wife or your kids or family or whatever. Now, that's an awful lot of sitting. So if my pelvis is in the wrong position, every time I sit, I'm reinforcing that position through my brain. And I'm telling my body, this is what I want to do. This is the position that matters to me. So now when I come to the gym, my pelvis is not in the right position. I'm going to put a load on it. I'm going to reinforce again those patterns that my pelvis is out of position. And now when you try to go run at age 30 or 40 and you go, oh, my God, I used to be able to do this and I can't do this. It's not because you're not strong enough. It's not because there's something wrong. It simply is that your pelvis is out of position, so you've lost efficiency. Okay, when I when I squat and say, oh my God, this gets so hard. It's not because you're not strong enough. Or you try to say, hey, I can't do a push-up. I'm not strong enough. You are strong enough to move your body weight. You absolutely are. It's not a question of strength. It's a question of position. If my joints are not in position, I'm not efficient. You can do a push-up, but you may not be able to do as many as you want, hence the efficiency. So if I look at this from an anatomical perspective, I'm just not understanding where my joints need to be. I there, there are a lot of people that are working very hard today in the gym and out of the gym, and they're working harder than ever. But one thing they don't understand is where the positions are and which positions matter and how much breathing comes into play of this. If one joint is out of position, the others are going to be out as well. The number one joint that needs to be in position is your hip. So if I'm, you know, good range of motion in all uh, positions, exercises are going to be safe. If I'm not in good positions in all these joints, my exercises might not be safe. That's where you see someone squatting or deadlifting and, oh, oh, my back hurts, or they drop the weight really quickly or they feel like they can't do it. That position's not safe. A lot of people come to the gym and say, oh, I can't deadlift today or I can't squat today because my back hurts. That's not a safe position. A safe position should be squatting. You were given that right. Look at your kids. Look at your grandkids. Look at infants. Boom, straight to the bottom with their ass to the grass, and it's not a problem. You were given that right. Kids don't sit. They run and they play all day long, and they're doing everything that their body should be doing. Now, when I, you know, when you look at what's ple what's uh, pleasurable, everything in life that is good for you is pleasurable. Eating is pleasurable. Running and exercise is pleasurable. Sex is pleasurable because you want to procreate and you want to grow your family eating because you're nourishing um, running because it's activity all these things that we have and these movements that we have these are all pleasurable to us whenever somebody runs a race a 5k 10k half marathon or marathon no matter what position they come across the line in they're excited they're ecstatic it was pleasurable for them to run because if you look back, what we were able to do, we needed to run to catch food. And our ancestors, they needed to run to catch food. 
that in all of these positions that we should be able to get into that we lose as we get older, we're losing because we're losing our positions. Something that I think is a, um, it is missed is if I don't have good positions, I don't move. If my hip is out of position, then my shoulders are out of position. If my hip is out of position, then my feet are out of position. Your hip got out of position because you sit all the time. Your feet got out of position because your hips were out of position. Your shoulders are out of position because every time you try to press up over your head or lift something, your, your pelvis is not in a stable position. Therefore, it's causing the shoulder to be able to do all the work. Now, we'll get into the shoulder in a later podcast. But one of the things that you look at in the shoulder is it is one of the most unstable joints in the body because the ball is one quarter of the size of the socket. So there's a lot going on in the shoulder, and there's a lot that contributes to the shoulder as far as the rib cage and the position of the rib cage. But if the, if the hip is out of position, the rib cage is going to be out of position, your shoulders are going to be out of position, and your neck's going to hurt. If your hips are out of position and your rib cage is out of position, then you're going to start getting a little bit of troubles in your neck. That's when you start look, you know, turning your head to drive, uh, to look over your shoulder to see if somebody's in, in that blind spot. And when we find tightness there, that tightness in your neck, that's also related to teeth grinding at night. If you grind your teeth, chances are it started in the hip because it's a system of systems. So as you start thinking about the hip and you start thinking about movement, there's a great book by Katie Bowman called uh, Move Your DNA. It's amazing. It's, um, it's how our bodies require movement to survive and loads to get turned on um, so that our body can actually do everything. Um, so, you know, sitting without bearing load decreases bone density and, muscle, and decreases muscle density. So your, your, your lack of movement is what's creating the, the uh, lack of bone density when people get older and they say, oh, I'm so afraid of falling. This is what this is one of the reasons why when we don't bear load, our bones don't understand it. Our brain doesn't understand it. Our bones don't understand it. And now we start losing bone density and we start losing muscle mass. One of the, the movements that we look at for movements, movement is essential for life. It is essential for digestion. It's essential for repair. It's essential for our immune system. It's essential for brain function. Um, when, when you look at the quality of movement, you're looking at the quality of range of motion of each joint. And range of motion is described as the requisite, around, the requisite range of motion each joint is supposed to have. When I lose that certain range of motion, there is another muscle that's going to bear that load. And when a muscle bears a load it shortens and it becomes tight so if it, it'll once it comes tight it'll start pulling me into another into a different position or a different direction i'm slightly leaning now i'm leaning forward these are the things that we have to look at when we're lifting weights or we're running or we're jogging or we're hiking so let's talk about how we use the gym the gym should be used for play because play is where we how we get better and if I want to be able to play, I have to be able to move. So I should be using the gym to refine my skill. That's what I should be doing. I, I want running as a skill. Running is absolutely a skill that not everyone has due to improper hip position. 
I did an assessment this morning for a woman who is experiencing pain in her hamstring. She was running, tripped, caught herself, didn't fall, but now has an issue with her hamstring. And the hamstring issue is coming from the hip flexor because the hip is not in the proper position. So how do I fix that? Well, I would suggest there's a number of exercises to do, but I would suggest using the gym to make yourself a better runner. If that's what you want to do, she's a runner. So use the gym to be a better runner. If you're someone that likes to hike, then use the gym to become a, a better hiker. If you're someone that is playing a sport, use the gym to become better at your sport or whatever that, whatever that is. Use the gym to become better at your sport. I think we're really missing the fitness today because it's we're looking at it no matter what your position is. We're looking at it from, do you have a six-pack? Are you shredded? That's the definition, definition of fitness today. And it really shouldn't be. You can get a handsome physique just by moving and creating certain movements that are natural to the human body. So think about how much you sit. Think about how sedentary you are. Think about all of the positions of your hips as you're lifting and you're sitting. And if I'm standing and my hip is in the right position, that I'm bearing load unevenly or improperly and I'm creating problems later. So there's a lot of information here at Evolve that we can help you with. You can grab one of us. Um, we are doing a runner's clinic here um, on the 24th. So if you're a runner, definitely something you want to check out. If you look at Health Happens Here, which is a new tab on our website. We're constantly updating information on what's healthiest for you because health is all-encompassing. It's not just having a six-pack. We have a tremendously successful boot camp run, run by my partner, Jason DeMent. Check that out. He's created one hell of a community of people and movement and getting them to do all the movements that the body's required to do, and they're doing it in a community, which is which is what we need. If you don't have this information and you're looking for this information, you need a community that's going to deliver the information. Evolve Fitness here in Audubon, New Jersey is that exact uh, community. We're happy to help. We are always trying to connect with you through what the human body is capable of to better your life. We're looking at this from a quality of life perspective. So we want to be able to move when we're older. We want to be able to play with our kids when we're older, and we don't want to become sedentary. So remember, eight hours at work, eight hours of sleep, two hours in the gym, you're a sedentary individual. So start looking at more movements that you can do. We are going to have another podcast. I'm really excited. Um, I have uh, Dr. Danielle Chase that's going to be on soon. Um, we're going to be talking about um, microbiome, gut health, and weight loss. In, um, as it relates to the nervous system. So a lot of great information coming to you. Our music's brought to you by 7 in Music. Thanks to those guys. Check us out on uh, at Evolve Fit EvolveMyFitness.com to get more information or just walk right out of the door. Check us out. We're always here for you and we're willing to answer any question that you have. We are three people that open the gym because we care about fitness and we care about how you move we care about how you live, and we care about your results. Have a great day, guys. Get out and be more active and try to do just a little bit more control of your pelvis. Take a big, deep breath in, pull your pelvis underneath you or pull your butt underneath you, and start spreading your toes when you walk.